Namaste to everyone. It's one minute past ten, and we have people streaming in. So, I think we should start in a minute if Harikiran Ji says so. Is that okay? okay? We have about twenty-one people right now. Should we get started, Hariji? Yeah, we just give a few more minutes. Few more minutes. Pranam Gauriji. Hari Om, Hari Om all. Namaste Gauri ma'am. We'll just start in a few minutes. We'll just wait for Sunday morning. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can start. Okay. Um, Namaste. Good morning, friends. Uh, very, very happy to welcome you all for this open house uh, discussion and to celebrate the launch of Indica Classical Library. This is a, a new initiative by Indic Academy. And uh, I'm not sure whether to call this a momentous initiative uh, uh, or not, whether we have the right to call self-aggrandize and say, okay, this is a momentous uh, occasion. Uh, but I want to take that call and say it is because of certain reasons, it has gained that nature of what should have been a normal thing, an important thing for a civilization such as ours. It has gained a, a dimension. A, 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 of uh, Atma Nirbhar uh, or uh, Atma Gaurav, like self-respect, not just self-independence, but self-respect. If you see the history of classical libraries, that have been established worldwide. The first one was set up sometime in, uh, in the 19th century in 1867 or something like that. And this was set up by a person called John Loeb. And uh, this classical library, Loeb Classic Library, as it is called now, was focused on Greek and Latin literature. The second one that was set up in the 90s 
was the clay sanskrit library this was set up by john clay and uh, he had uh, wanted to do uh, 50 volumes finally he did 56 volumes and the third one that was set up a few years back is the murti classical library and today in the year 2021 we are setting up the fourth classical library which is the indica classical library. so this is the from what my little research uh, i have done is that there are four classical libraries in the world one dedicated to greek and latin and three dedicated to sanskritam and uh, books uh, from uh, bharat now why is it that this was not done Uh, in greater number and why was it uh, why is it so important for us today given our uh, mission i would say that the there are three requirements for a good classical library we need good bilingual translators we need a good curator and a publisher a good editing and good curator and then we need a sponsor so there are three elements to this thing sponsor curator and translator so for a successful library to classical library to be successful it is my proposition that all three should be indigenous to the land and unless all these three are indigenous to the land the thought of the indigenous people will not resonate because it will not respect the tradition it will be an outsider's perspective that's why in our purpose statement we say the translator should belong to this region in thought word and deed not only the translator but the curator and the sponsor all three have to be belonging to that tradition in thought word and deed i believe that with great emphasis at my command that indica classical library is the only classical library that satisfies the criteria of all the three people being indigenous to this land and i am very very grateful to ishwara to bhagwan that this this thing is happening through this platform of indic academy lot of sponsors are well intended they have good intentions but they may due to ignorance commit some mistakes and we have seen that in the past fortunately this initiative the way it has happened 
it fulfills that criteria and the and the purpose which Meg will talk about. We did not set out to set up an Indica classical library. That was not when we set out in in, in two thousand and fifteen. This was not a part of our of our design. But as we kept doing things, kept doing things, the feedback and and the rapid prototyping formula that we have gave us ideas and the need. We started a relationship with KSRI, an institution that was set up in 1940-45 by Sarvei Pali Radhakrishnan, great luminaries. We started a relationship with them a few years back to translate and bring out critical editions in certain texts. And this April, when we were reviewing our relationship with KSSR, KSRA, and, and trying to understand what else can we do, what else can we do, what else, how, how can we work together to increase our productivity? They gave us a list of uh, the text of yoga and Vedanta. And it just, this is just Bhagwan flowing through. It's nothing, nothing. Uh, it just struck me that the work that we are doing in terms of these translations and bringing out these critical editions, perhaps the time has come for us to set up a classical library. And immediately, yes, we should. And then May came, came to the mind. Because you see, Meg is a, is a very calm, uh, objective, uh, uh, very detached kind of a scholar, very, very, uh, you know, there's a, there's a particular demeanor whom you've interacted and in, in the way he writes mellifluously. I felt that he, he, he is the right person for this job. And I reached out to him, uh, would you want to come on board? And uh, he readily agreed. And lo and behold, uh, we are here. And uh, I, 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 I personally believe that this is this is this evolution that we are going through, and this inflection point that we are in. This is a defining moment. I, I, I would say that today the launch of this Indica Classical Library is a defining moment of the people who are indigenous to the nation, indigenous to a land taking back the narrative and defining for themselves what they meant, not somebody else defining what we meant. We have created a, a, a very interesting logo because there's this, this discussion about what is classical and you know what is the cutoff date for the beginning of classical? What is the ending date for beginning of classical? So there's this question of what is classical? Timeless is what the intuition that I say that it is that it is relevant at any point in time. Perpetual. Now this could be a definition for Greek and Latin also. 
the value of it in the contemporary times also but one very interesting thing about our scriptures is that we transcend time we define timelessness you see this is the beauty so timelessness is embedded in our scriptures understanding timelessness understanding how to transcend time so therefore our approach to this whole thing is that every aspect of our scriptures is timeless not just a particular cut off date of uh, you know 2 uh, bce or every aspect is timeless and we try to capture that in this logo that we have designed inspired by when in my childhood uh, uh, i i was inspired by a, a book which treats uh, mathematics music and uh, graphic design uh, there's a very famous book called godel escher and bach so bach's music if you hear there's a very certain precision in in the way he and then so this book talks about how, the intersection of these three and then i just resonated because i am a great fan of escher and uh, you know i've got his prints and other things and he's at a thing if you look at his documentary his documentary itself is journey to infinity so his entire work is about metamorphosis it's about perpetuity perpetual motion and all that so i wanted i was just struggling with that uh, idea saying that let's let's look at escher and sure enough escher has created the three knots the knots is 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 book is work on knots and uh, from that we recreated that to put our classical books and the way the knot structure is is in terms of the past the present and the future and the intersection is the timelessness and again going back to the sponsor the curator and the translator all three belonging to the indigenous so with that i want to showcase to you our uh, our logo once could you can you just show the logo yes so this is this is the thing so you can see all those leather bound yeah you can just share yeah and the this is perpetual is perpetuity so we are talking about classics we're talking about timeless books we're talking about books which understand make you understand timelessness and therefore this is the concept behind this is the philosophy behind our indica classical library and now ladies and gentlemen i commend to you my uh, uh, friend make kalyan sundaram the curator and uh, the director in charge of icn i would request him to take over the proceedings thank you so much om shri guru pyo namaha uh, namaste to everybody thank you so much hari kiran ji for setting the stage up so well and uh, and giving me this opportunity to connect with the audience that we have today uh i'd like to begin with a small dedication to 
uh, a couple of our knowledge systems in Sanskritam uh, through a small song. Saraswati Namastubhyam Varade Kamarupini Vidyarambham Karishyami Siddhim Bhavatumi Sadha Shruti Smriti Purana Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Padam Shankaram Loka Shankaram Purana Nyayami Mamsa Dharma Shastranga Mishritaha Vedaha Sthanani Vedyana Dharmasya Chaturdasha Ayurvedo Dhanurvedo Gandharvashtraivate Trayaha Arthashastram Chaturtantu Vidyaha Ashtadashaivata Om Shanti 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 Thank you. So this song actually included uh, two verses, one from the Agnivalkismuti and the other from Vishnu Purana, uh, attesting both Chaturdasha Vidya and Ashtadasha Vidya, uh, frameworks of knowledge systems which are indigenous and attested in our texts, which is but a natural starting point for Indica Classical Library, while we won't remain limited to it, but it is definitely a starting point. Now, one of the points that Harikiranji mentioned while he opened was he alluded to the purpose and he said I would uh, get into it. So let me start away, start off right away with that. Now, this purpose statement is there on our website. Some of us might have seen it. Some of us might not have seen it. So it would be worth spending just a couple of minutes to go through that verbatim so that all of us are on the same page. So our statement is, quote, uh, we aspire to be a trusted platform for faithful decolonized translations of classical texts indigenous to Bharata. I'll repeat the first line. We aspire to be a trusted platform for faithful decolonized translations of classical texts indigenous to Bharata. We hope to do this by engaging with bilingual scholars who are indisputably rooted in our heritage, in thought, word, and deed. We seek to publish new facing page and revise existing translations of Indic textual masterpieces across time. So this is the purpose statement that we have uh, given ourselves. This is available on our website. Of these three statements, I think Harikiranji already touched upon the first two quite elaborately, which is in terms of having faithful decolonized translations, engaging bilingual scholars. I'll just spend a moment on the two streams of work, which is part of the third statement, uh, being facing new facing page translations and revising existing translations. Now, these are the two streams that uh, we see our work coming in. Now, when we say new facing page translations, what do we mean by that? We mean on the left side, you would have an Indic language, which could be Sanskritam or any other uh, language indigenous to Bharata. And on the right side, you would have its translation, right? So that's what we call a facing page translation. And new facing page translations would ideally be ones where 
preferably the text has never been translated before but has a very high narrative value right or it has been translated before but not fully so there are certain criteria and these will evolve over time so there's that is the new facing page translation the other category is revising existing translations and this is an area that we have thought of in order to increase the efficiency given the resource constraints that is quite natural to the uh, kind of enterprise that we are uh, that we are taking on it's not that we are sitting on endless uh, amounts of cash and it's not that we have a line of scholars who are waiting to uh, sign up and who might be capable to actually execute on these aspects so revising existing translations uh, attempts to take up existing translations which might be substantially uh, okay or even a fair amount of it might be okay but portions of it might not be uh, from an indic from an insider lens uh, something that is palatable to an insider scholar so in this stream what we would do is identify the portions which appear problematic when an insider scholar reviews it and publish their original translations of the problematic aspects which then becomes a complement to the text and the translation that they originally studied so through this in revising it so what we are doing is not reinventing the wheel where stuff might actually already be okay but also provide the necessary correction so that when these two are taken together people will have access to something which is fairly uh, from an insider point of view right so these are broadly the two streams of work new facing page translations and revising uh, existing translations so with that that's the that's the purpose statement and that's what we hope to set out uh, we're glad to say that uh, in the first month of our um, existence we already have uh, three projects signed up two are on the website uh, already and the third one was signed up literally yesterday so it's not yet on the website and they involve uh, arthashastra they involve uh, the natyashastra and they also involve yaskas nirukta now on yaskas nirukta i want to spend a minute to kind of specify one of our differentiations from some of the libraries that currently exist uh if you look at one of the recently launched libraries uh, i don't want to name it it uh, it focuses on india as well many good aspects about it but there's a very interesting uh mention in their introduction and i say interesting in the british sense of interesting because uh it actually says and i'll read this out verbatim it says uh we what we know as indian literature today is constituted by multiple languages each of them drawing from a vast pool of literary practices the great sources of this pool are the sanskrit tradition beginning in the first centuries of the first millennium bce now this is explicitly mentioned in the definition of what constitutes indian literature in the classical library note this again beginning in the first in beginning in the last centuries of the first millennium bce last centuries of first millennium bce would roughly be 200 bc let's say 250 bc maximum 300 bce so where would a yaskas nirukta fit in now by most conventional uh, uh, by even by the status quo dating of yaskas nirukta we are looking at a 500 bce text so by this definition of classical yaskas nirukta would not fit in their library at all but i can't imagine a classical library of 
Bharata without the Yaskas Nirukta, without the text, which is the world's oldest extant text dealing with etymology plus plus. It's really a polythematic text, right? So this is just to give you one example of the constraints that we are not imposing on ourselves, which could have other ideological motivations. And as Hariji correctly mentioned, uh, being timeless in terms of how we look at uh, Bharata. Another point that I would like to emphasize before bringing on and inviting our uh, luminous luminaries, our advisory board members, uh, is the aspect that while we are starting with Sanskritam, we are not going to be limited only to Sanskritam. We are open to languages which are indigenous to Bharata and texts which have been composed in Bharata. Now, these could be in any language, but naturally we would try to complement the existing system and we would work with the kind of resources that we might have access to. So that will evolve over time. Now, uh, with this, I hope at least our purpose in which our streams of work, our existing uh, signups thus far, and how we see classical uh, is, is clear. With this, I'd like to kind of now invite our advisory board members to share their uh, views when they first heard about this and how they feel about this because it's an open house before we proceed to uh, taking some questions from people uh, who have uh, joined us today. Before doing that, I'd like to thank uh, the people who made this session possible at the back end, uh, Srinivasji, Vade Srinivasji and Kotiji, who've uh, spent many hours to make sure that we are organized and we are able to have this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. Now, I'd like to invite uh, Gauri Mahulikarji first. Uh, after that, Sushumna Kannanji, then Professor Kurada Subramaniamji, uh, uh, followed by, uh, I don't know if Madhusudan Penaji is uh, here today, but if he's not here, then uh, Ramesh Raoji, uh, then uh, Nagaraj Paturiji. We'll go in that order and then we'll open it out to others. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Megji, and congratulations on this launch. Uh, congratulations to the entire team and the brain behind this uh, Indica Classical Library. The need of that classical library was there uh, right from that Murthy Classical Library. There was there were so many controversies and this and that. So it, it's a very timely step. I must uh, congratulate you on that. And uh, as uh, Meg rightly said, Nirukta, it would have been, uh, you know, thrown out if, uh, it, because it doesn't fit into that, uh, uh, that definition. And uh, it's not only 500, it should be uh, much before that, because 500 BC, we normally assign to Panini and therefore uh, uh, Yaska is definitely a predecessor. And uh, what to talk about Shakapuni and Shakatayana and uh, others whose works we don't have uh, in full. But because Nirukta is one of my favorites too, I'm so happy that Nirukta has been, uh, uh, I mean, the, a contract has been signed for Nirukta as well. And that too, under the able guidance of uh, Koradaji, Professor Koradaji. So I'm very happy to for that. And secondly, uh, two faculty of our own Chinmay Vishwavidyapit have signed up for the Arthashastra uh, uh, translation, especially the, the revised portion in the, in the first phase. And then, uh, I mean, I think March 22 is their uh, uh, deadline for uh, submitting some revised portion now. And then March 23 for the, uh, the second phase. 
and both are very excited and one com- comes from sanskrit the other comes from law and uh, public policy so i think they made a good combination uh, for this so uh, at this moment i mean unless we have some uh, revised translations in front of us we really can't evaluate and how indigenous in our uh, world action and uh, thought we are you know that can't be evaluated right now so i think some time has to pass and uh, we must have some literature produced before us so that we can review evaluate assess and then can really boast of being indigenous in the truest sense of the term uh, so with this i think uh, i'll pass it on to the to the next speaker because this is too early for me to uh, say anything about uh, the project now okay what you just thank said you. was absolutely what uh, we required thank you so much gaurav and thank you for keeping us in check in terms of how uh, we should look at it and evaluate it now i'll invite uh, sushumna ji to share her views um i'm deeply honored to be here um this is uh, so exciting for me um the language that i know very well is uh, kannada uh, not sanskrit <laughs> and uh, so i hope that we will dig some texts out from kannada that that are uh, crucial for us um in the sense that uh, as practicing hindus as um, you know those of us uh, who are engaged in the pro- project of decolonization um but also more more importantly um i'm amazed by the intertextual intertextuality that is there uh, in the indian traditions uh, texts and traditions and um i was wondering how we could bring that out um that and the 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 fact that the vedas are what we interlo- interlocute with the, the the regional language traditions are always interlocuting with the vedas that that fact might not have been um noticed as much by other classical libraries um i i think that we must notice that uh, that the vedas are um are what we are always speaking with or speaking against no matter what we are doing um and i'm also amazed by how there are shared terminologies uh, between the uh, philosophical schools and uh, other other uh, thought movements that were born in india and how it's important to clarify how the same set of terms are used differently in different traditions and and yet they all kind of also come together uh, in so many different ways so i'm i'm really excited congratulations uh, for this wonderful project Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you for those words, and it's lovely to have you. And like we said, we are not focused only on Sanskritam. So Sushumna ji uh, presents that aspect of this library from point of view of advisory boards, uh, and we hope that this would grow over time uh, and include other languages as well. Wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. Now mm-hmm. I'll uh, invite uh, Mahamahopadhyay Kurada Subramaniam ji, who has been guiding us through this process informally, formally. blessing us in many ways uh, to share uh, his views on on this project thank you namaste bhai actually this is too late to have started such a <laughs> i congratulate hargaran uh, ji and mega and others because this is expected long long ago and there is not a, uh, any specific library like this and the second thing is as far as the translation is concerned Uh, there are not many translators who have got a good command upon the uh, both the languages. There is the source language and the target language, and uh, also the command upon uh, 
Vyakarana and other Shastras uh, is also very limited, but uh, we can help them in doing these things and we may just uh, suggest to the translators wherever uh, there are terms which are pregnant with meaning, which are tests, they may offer some meaning in parentheses or footnotes or endnotes because terms like yoga, punyam, which do not have a one-to-one I worked in a translation center and guided some translations of PhD in some fields. So I have some knowledge of these things. Anyway, everybody knows that it is not possible to bring out the entire uh, meaning, except, I mean, expect the, uh, especially the cryptic meaning that is there behind the expressions that are there across the uh, different systems of Indian philosophy. It may be Vedanta, maybe Vyakarna, anything. But we have to go ahead. There is no other go. Because you have to see that this is spread across the globe and the people at large should know what is there and that. Uh, and that uh, it will be actually uh, a very good effort and uh, a synergy rather than it is not confined to any particular individual or nobody expects any kind of glory or anything from this. But it is our dharma, simply, that's all. There is no room for discussion. We have to save, we have to propagate, we have to protect our values. And today, we, before us, we see what is happening across the world since uh, our the tenets of our Vedas, Shastras, etc., are simply neglected and put on back burner and the results to see today. So, at least now we have to wake up and uh, wake people. Uh, see that uh, the original values are here embedded in our systems. Maybe Ayurveda, maybe Arthashastra, Vyakarana, uh, Mahabharata, whatever it may be. All the, every the single system of Indian philosophy is uh, great and valuable. We have to tell the people at large that they should not expect our these treatises on a par with the, uh, those which are being authored by people across the globe, although we don't want to downplay their scholarship or their argument, but here they should know that these works are done by rishis who have got yogi projection. Without yogi projection, the data of Mahabharata, it can be decided only through yogi projection, time and again. I was happy, I have been happy on, on the, the subject. So, through yogi projection, once it is done, you cannot deny, you cannot deny Pani, you cannot deny Sushruta. And you are using plastic surgery, the same other things also. I don't want to take much time. So this is a very good uh, start. And uh, I will extend all my help uh, as long as uh, it is possible for me. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Professor Subramaniam. Uh, when you say things like you will extend all possible help, that really uh, puts a lot of strength beneath our wings. So we will be reaching out to you and we hope to be able to draw from your well of wisdom in, in shaping this as we can go forward. Now I'll request uh, uh, Ramesh Raoji, who I must say is so dynamic and so uh, he he's kind of a step ahead of us in certain aspects as we were in the last month also building things. I don't want to get into the details, but uh, Ramesh Raoji, with those words, I invite you to kind of... Uh, Share your views on this. Namaste, Namaskara. Uh, I am also a Kannadiga. So Kannadiga now in Columbus, Georgia. 
and it is indeed a, an exciting day, a momentous day. And as I have expressed to Meg, uh, I am a, an uncomfortable interloper in this group because my training, uh, my life uh, has taken me places very far away, in fact, from our traditions. But then uh, uh, I was born in Klosapete, Ramanagara in Karnataka. I cannot therefore distance myself from that, those roots. I am rooted, but have traveled very different places. So with that trepidation, I still, you know, am excited to be part of this group. I think I know a little bit about the kinds of challenges that this classical library initiative will face. And having taught in American universities for the last 30 years, I think I can bring a little bit of those kinds of knowledge experience that will help enable some scholars who may need that kind of support to make that transition from that kind of traditional learning and speaking and writing and their interlocutory habits. Because I think the big challenge for us living now as we do is about this, this whole thing about insiders and outsiders. In a way, every group, every project that I am in, I tell them I am an outsider trying to look in. <laughs> because after 35 years here, and again, here, just in terms of the language that we are using, there are so many aspects that Shushumnaji herself also kind of alluded to that, that brings about, you know, it's both a challenge and an opportunity. And, and once again, you know, Hari Kiran is, is a man on a mission, many missions, <laughs> uh, a million missions now. <laughs> Uh, which, which I, again, we need those kinds of, you know, I, I hate to use the word sponsor, but that kind of energy to enable these kinds of projects to, 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 to take shape, to bear fruit. And with people like Professor Subramaniam, Professor Malukarji, you know, it is, it is, and I think, I think there is already that, 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 substance there. But then again, as Professor Subramaniam said, ah, do we have the scholars who are both trained in these systems and in these languages, but who also have a facility in English so that they can really contribute, make this classical library worth visiting and becoming a part of. So whatever I can do, in my very limited abilities, I would be, you know, this is, this is a privilege for me and, and I'm so honored to be here. And with that, you know, once again, thank you so much. 
thank you dr rao trust me we will be coming to you for sure <laughs> there's there's no two ways about it you've been very humble in the way you, I, i don't i really don't want to get into the details of how uh, how much he's contributed just contributed just in the last one month but uh, we foresee uh, certainly engaging further on uh, with you in many ways now uh, i'd like to invite a uh, senior director of indic academy a uh, person whom most of us if not all of us would know over here uh, who is in many ways the driving force uh, who's in many ways who brought so many of us together nagaraj paturi ji i'll uh, invite him to kind of uh, share his views and then we will if vinayak is there then we would like to get a view of one of the scholars who's actually joined up to to signed up to actually take one of these uh, projects so get his views and then open up to questions nagaraji over to you yeah i am able to see altans ji also here uh, he Oh I'm not um I'm just happy to be here and I you know uh it, it's a wonderful thing to do um we need a translation we know that a lot of uh translations have been done which are not uh necessarily it's it's hard to translate i'm a linguist and i know it's always hard to translate um it it, it is hard to stick to the originality and there are a lot of uh, logistics uh and we see the problem all the time uh and i'm happy that uh, you know it will be done from our perspective uh not just in terms of ideology and all but i also know that we have some very capable scholars who will be uh doing it and will be true to as as true as possible to the text and its meaning so thank you thank you so much avatanshi yeah. over to you nagraji yeah okay so uh now the panel you are able to see is uh, well balanced we have mahamoha pradhyaya professor korada subramanyam garu deeply rooted in our sanskrit traditions and shastras and equally uh, professor gauri mahalikar ji uh, vidushi vidwan and vidushi balance here uh, there was a discussion on uh, some forums whether vidushis are being encouraged into sanskrit or not we have a live example uh, actually i in that forum i was sharing that uh, we nowadays have bigger number of vidushis than vidwans in sanskrit in all the university uh, admissions there are more vidushi admissions uh, 80% of the admissions are <laughs> vidushi admissions 
and she is a pioneer in this uh, mastering almost all the shastras and she is with us giving a hindu feminine perspective apart from her deep rooted traditional scholarship and professor kolar subramanian ji equally is a sarvadarshana sangraha himself uh, he uh, sakala shastra parangata people are able to see that and we have uh, a communication uh, veteran ramesh raugar and we have another young woman uh, scholar giving hindu feminine perspective her articles on uh, countering contemporary feminism from an insider feminist perspective are amazing rigorous articles uh that i have seen and uh, actually she probably forms a model for all the contemporary insider feminist perspective uh actually she needs to train people she needs to be the next generation uh, similar to her from that perspective and uh, so that on the modern side on the traditional side both the this panel is well balanced now and uh, we have enabled leader uh makeji who is known actually harikiran ji when he identifies people for uh, tasks he locates it so exactly that we have been watching uh, makeji passionate about books and books and books all the time and how uh, the books have to come into existence from a traditional perspective in english mostly the books he used to share are from english and then the word classical library was suggested by shri harikiran ji that day uh, one evening he called me and said he wants to name the new venture as indica classical library and wanted my opinion i started dancing I said wow what a name it's a brand it's a marketable name it's it's sensation because of something that the gauri ji was already mentioning something happened there was an event a sensational event and uh, there a huge amount of funding went to that venture at that time there was a lot of discussion in our circles indic circles at that point people started saying that oh don't we have our own people who are good translators why should we go only to uh, an anti indic uh, scholars group uh, to give translations to them and uh, we started naming people you see we have this scholar we have this translator we have this translator and all that so those names now have to come now we have created a forum we have created a platform so that listing of names that happened at that stage should not stop there all those people who said i am there i could have translated or who said here is a scholar who could have translated please come now please all of you come now please don't keep quiet please don't say uh, now you started you do it it's your job no you said that you said that you are there 
And you said that somebody else is also there. Bring all of them. You come. Translate. We created a platform where what we wanted to do at that time, we can do now. As a teacher of linguistics, I was teaching my class on applied linguistics, particularly on that day, it was translation theory. And our friend, our own Dr. Arvind Ravgaru, uh, on a very friendly way, he intruded into my class. He said he was going to come and he entered the class. At that point, I was teaching politics of translation to the students. And he was very happy. He said, oh, this is what I was waiting for, politics of translation. People talk about equivalence and source language, target language equivalence, semantic equivalence, aesthetic equivalence, this equivalence, that equivalence, all those things. But uh, I never heard this word, politics of translation. Yeah, interesting word. And that is what we are for here. We are actually, we were responding to a politics of translation where we were talking about a particular funding going to a particular unit. As probably most of you know, it was, there was a stage, there was a uh, platform called Clay Sanskrit Library. And the scholars who shifted to this uh, new classical library that was created were originally funded in that unit, Clay Sanskrit Library. And the Clay Sanskrit Library started losing funding. The funding stopped. And the scholars who were on the board, on the panel of this Clay Sanskrit Library, they were waiting for an alternative funding. And it was at that time that uh, a young man, the son of an affluent uh, investor in India, he was impressed. Uh, by his teacher there. It was not even a teacher. He audited a class of uh, Shabara Bhashya uh, by this controversial Indology scholar. And he got so impressed that immediately he committed to a huge amount of money. And we all know the whole story later, controversy about that. And in an email forum that we are all in called Bharatiya Vikrat Parishad, there repeatedly were discussions about the correctness of these translations, problem with, problems with those translations. One of them was on the Ramayana translation by one professor, Robert Goldman. And the issue was brought in by Sri Nityanand Mishraji. And when he brought in that issue for discussion, he was mentioning for comparison the Gita Press translation of Ramayana. And he was trying to show how Gita Press translation of Ramayana has the insider perspective compared to Robert Goldman's uh, translation. 
he was pointing out issues with the robert goldman's uh, translation right from the very beginning for example kritagnyascha at the level of kritagnyascha itself the word kritagnya itself has been translated by uh, robert goldman in a in a way that is not acceptable to a traditional insight uh he brought in actually it is interesting that she nitya mishra they originally had a very great opinion about uh, robert goldman's uh, translation but gradually began to realize the problems we have an interview uh, by sri rajiv malhotra ji with nitya mishra ji about uh, such translation problems and all that at that point one thing that came out was the Uh, Gita Press translation uh, price-wise is cheaper, approachable to all Indians. They can easily buy it's a charity, so they priced it very low, and it was very much available. But still, if at all people were preferring uh, Robert Goldman's uh, translation, it was because of a foreign name attached. an american scholar translating probably that has a value to that translation at that point we were discussing even earlier to this we were discussing how in robert goldman's translation in a footnote uh, his wife's name was also there uh, in the discussion in the footnote he was mentioning how hanuman's uh, expansion in size is actually a release of an imploded sexual energy because of celibacy a celibate controlling his sexual energy symbolically in a freudian way it was being shown in the form of the bigger size of hanuman was the argument there another place at another place there was this uh, hanuman inside ravana's uh, antakura and robert goldman says that there is shrinkara in that incident any alankara shastra student knowing at least the basics would know that the rasa that is to be discussed at a certain point has to be discussed on the basis of the viewer that is being discussed that is he is the alambana vibhava he hanuman is the alambana vibhava of the bhava rati if rati is the sthayi bhava and the sthayi bhava rati is there in hanuman then only there can be shrungara rasa in that Incident. and we are talking about a brahmachari we are talking about hanuman in whom there is absolutely no possibility of rati as a sthayi bhava and he being alambana vibhava and from where is the shrungara rasa there from where is it coming and we at a certain point we uh, when we talk about this people talk about the hard work behind these translations yes it is true that these translators worked very hard to bring out these translations they invested all their 
uh, energies, their scholarship. They work hard to learn Sanskrit also, and there lot lots of lots of experience, decades of experience in learning Sanskrit and teaching it is also admirable. That, that's all wonderful, right? But if a student of Sanskrit, knowing at least the basics of uh, Alankara Shastra, is completely put off with this kind of Shungara Rasa being shown in that incident and giving, being a Freudian interpretation being given to Hanuman's uh, larger uh, size, growing into larger size and all that, it's not discounting the hard work of the translator. It is sharing the sentiment, it is sharing the right evaluation, it is sharing the right review of the work of a great scholar. You're a great scholar, absolutely. No doubt about it. You work very hard to learn Sanskrit. But what is missing here? If there is a motive attributed to these mistakes in translation, that could be conspiracy theory. Maybe, may not be, we do not know. But when these translators say that their target audience are Western audience, they very clearly say that. They very clearly say that the target audience of all translations are people who are not brought up in Indian culture, who do not understand anything about uh, tradition of India or something. It is all Western brought up audience, Western culturally completely deep audience. So we are targeting them. Okay, fine. But uh, what is happening is the in NRIs, Indians living in uh, living abroad also, are then going to these translations thinking that these uh, translations are done by great scholars of universities. So they are senior scholars of the university. They learn Sanskrit very well. They, are, uh, they command Sanskrit greatly and all that. And if those NRIs are deeply rooted in our tradition, they are sure to get put off by these uh, uh, so-called mistakes in translation. Whether they are mistakes or deliberate, that is a different thing. But if they are deliberate, this is politics of translation. If they are not deliberate, they are the lacunae on the side of the translator. They are misfit as translators. They are not eligible. They are not qualified to be translators. So, what at that point people started realizing is that uh, instead of simply pointing out these mistakes, we should come up with a solution. We should be able to show that, see, this is the alternative. We, we are providing you the alternative. And uh, there were actually, uh, Indic Academy was already funding some kind of translations, for example, from KSRI. KSRI was uh, bringing out some critical editions. Along with critical edition, they were doing some English translation also. And we were about to fund some other translations also from Indic Academy. So Sri Harikiranji thought, okay, why not we bring a totally new platform and call it Indica Classical Library and then provide a platform 
platform where we can tell people that instead of simply pointing out the problems with the uh, translations from people who are not deeply rooted in indian tradition we can show that we have an alternate translation and it was sri meghar ji who came up with this idea of ret a viable solution an economical solution where uh, instead of spending time energy money on a fresh new translation all the way we can simply point out the problems in the existing translation and provide only the corrections correctional translations remedial translations this is uh, uh, sri harikinan ji and myself for wonderful solution it's a, a great a solution given our resources also so it's a kind of a review it's a kind of a feedback also and we are providing an alternative also but the natya shastra a uh, uh, contract that is signed up now is a completely new translation it's not a remedial uh, translation but some translations that are signed up now and that are in the pipeline or uh, remedial translations also so those among the audience uh, if uh, you are ready uh, to for any of these things actually we have the, we have an idea that we can even crowdsource ideas for translations crowdsource uh, your own observations about uh, the wrong translations that you have noticed uh, crowdsource not just uh, a list of books that we could translate just some points even one shloka from a book you can say that this shloka is wrongly translated i found i have a problem with this translation we can crowdsource all those ideas at one place and then uh, we can go for uh, you you may even point out a translator if you know you can say sir i found this problem with this shloka this is uh, the the shloka and the english translation and i also know a scholar who can better translate this shloka uh or a, a, a line from a commentary for a from a bhashya from a vyakya uh somewhere then we can list all of them we can create a pool of all these uh issues and translators both a pool of issues pool of translators also and then create a plan for rectifications remedial translations and uh, we can uh, go for uh, shri mek ji is negotiating for a rigveda translation first mandala translation also i think it will be crucial very soon uh, and uh, we uh, have many other crucial classical works in the pipeline for us classical works include rigveda also <laughs> not at century bc or 250 bc uh, so we uh, in the pipeline we have many uh, translations waiting and definitely we will create an indic alternative for the translations where either the inefficiency of the translator or a wrong political motive on the part of the translator exists we will correct both 
that uh, is our goal uh, right. so uh, with this uh, uh, i am very very glad i should share that uh, the indic academy umbrella is enriched by this uh, indica classical library thing and uh, the leadership from sri meji the dynamic uh ever young uh, ever creative uh, perpetually uh, aggressively uh, creative uh, see meji is leading this unit and we are hopeful of uh, lots of lots of uh, productivity in the unit and very soon probably uh, india and the world is going to see a viable alternative uh, in terms of uh translations and uh, if necessary critical editions of our classical works thank you very much for this opportunity thank you so much nagraji uh, it's a team effort and all of us will need to uh lead this together to make sure that we can come out uh, with with uh, whatever we have in uh, mind but thank you so much for actually elaborating on certain very specific aspects uh and also giving an uh, view on what is upcoming and um, breaking it down in terms of some of the issues that we are looking to deal with um so that's great thank you so much i'm mindful of the time we are at it's 11:06 right now i know people in uh, usa particularly must be sleepy so uh can we just take 10 more minutes if that's okay we'll get a perspective from uh, a scholar who's actually signed up who's which is where the rubber meets the road so to speak uh to start with and then get some there there are a couple of questions at least and one person who wants to share a view uh, that i see uh, in the chat box is that okay hari kiran ji can we take 10 minutes more okay i'll take that as a yes uh, unless, uh, uh so i'll i'll invite mauna vardhangi kara so vinayak if you're there uh, vinayak if you're there uh i i really like you without giving away the without giving away which exact version of arthashastra that you're looking to translate because uh, without giving that away if you could just share your experience uh, so far i think that would be great yeah. uh thank you mekji uh, pranamami sarvan and uh, i would like to thank mekji for uh, inviting me to speak in the arena of such eminent scholars who are very rare to visit vidusham sangaha labhaya bhavati sarvada and uh, uh, thank you this project is actually uh, the, uh, the with for the existing uh, translation we are trying to look on the existing translation and find out if there is something which is not meeting our indic thoughts so it is like titirshur dustaram moha dudupe nasmi sagaram i and nitin ji have taken this project uh but it is a big ocean and we both are trying to cross this ocean using a small boat uh, it's indeed a great thing uh, to do initially uh, the methodology which we are actually planning behind this is we will be reading the original text as well as we will be going through the seven uh, translate uh, commentaries which have already been written on uh, arthashastra like chanakya tika shri mula tika and various other tikas uh though all of them are not uh, in a complete version but still we will be looking each of each one of them 
and we will also be referring to some uh, parts of mahabharata like shanti parva we will also be going through shukraniti vidraniti etc uh, why we want to focus on these texts is to understand what really indic thoughts were because chanakya actually is taking uh, chanakya is doing the sangraha of the previous arthashastrajnas where he says prithivyaha labhe palane cha yavanti arthashastrani purvacharyaih prayuktani tani samhritya ekamidam arthashastram kritam so uh, all the thoughts which are there in arthashastra is uh, most of the thoughts are basically taken from the previous acharyas so to understand what really arthashastrakara chanakya wants to say we must understand these versions uh, also as i am from the vyakarana background i it will be it will be really interesting for me to come up with the various etymologies of the words chanakya is coining some very new words which is not being used in uh, laukika sanskrita bhasha there are many words which uh, uh, and the way samasa uh, samasa is a compound word the compound word which he is using can have three or four different uh, vigrahas Uh, i don't exactly remember one of them but uh, when we were discussing i and nitin ji were discussing we got three or four such places where just by changing the compound the meaning itself changes so there are possibilities that because of this uh, seeing the compound words in only one way the meaning would have differed so we are also focusing on that and we will be trying to come up with the uh, version which suits our indic thoughts and thank you all especially hari kiran ji and meg ji who uh, who felt that we can do this work thank you very much thank you so much vinayak uh, it it is also i see it as a sign that our first contract has vinayak in it uh, which is a shri ganesha for uh, our entire project so uh, i i think he spelled out the methodology in a fairly lucid way and i'm really looking forward to uh, the output Uh, we actually have a structured way to uh, you know measure it over time and it's all tied into our new contract so great vinayak uh, nitin for the shortage of time i'm i'm not inviting you to speak on this right now but i know that you are with vinayak in every step and uh, at in another forum we would love to hear your views as well uh, i i'm just quickly now going through some of the questions which are there and there's one speaker i think uh, who's requested sahishnu bhattacharya he's requested for a few minutes in uh, uh, saishnu we'll have to make it really short maybe a minute or two but before after i answer some of the questions so vijay raghavan you asked, wanted you, you were asking something uh, i was asking if we had 10 minutes more at that oh, point yeah. of time and yeah. <laughs> and I decided we will we'll go ahead uh, so vijay raghavan ji is asked uh, when can we expect uh, to have a translation of manusmriti uh, so vijay raghavan ji i don't have a pat answer in terms of a date right now but uh, what i can tell you is it's certainly in the list of things uh, of our priority list uh, as you might appreciate we have right now a set of criteria that we use uh, which would evolve over time to to prioritize the resources that we have and from a narrative point of view from a narrative point of view manusmriti of course is extremely important i don't have a pat answer right now but um, other than saying that it is very much uh, in our uh, focus and hopefully we would be able to announce something uh, new on that uh, subsequently somebody has been spamming saying good video maker 
Uh, so I'll ignore that. Uh, uh, there's a question, sir. What would happen in Indic library? I think that has been answered. Uh, Rajiv Srinivasanji is here. Thank you so much, Rajiv ji. Uh, he's asked a question. He said, awesome logo. Is it copyrighted? I'll request Hari Kiran ji to answer that question on the, on the copyrighted part of it. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Not yet. So uh, that's, that's the answer on that. And uh, library would consist of only translation or even of scientific work in them. Uh, so uh, this is a question. It's saying only translation or scientific work. I, I don't think we need to see them that way. I think we should see if there's a text which is scientific and if it's in a language that could use a translation, uh, then we would be open to that. For instance, if you take, I'm just saying, I'm not saying we are doing this, but uh, to take another chronologically significant example, Vedanga Jyotisha, for instance, is uh, conservatively dated to the second millennium BCE, early second millennium BCE. Now, that has several aspects which uh, one would consider scientific. So there's nothing that stops us from taking that up uh, if it meets certain other criteria uh, that I said is evolving. So I hope I answered that question that we won't be limited that way. Um, finally, yeah, there are some good wishes. Thank you so much for that. Now, Sahishnu uh, wrote a very long and thoughtful email uh, yesterday. Uh, I'll, he's, he's also a participant in BVP. Uh, so uh, if his microphone can be enabled for a couple of minutes, uh, Sahishnu, you could just add your views in, and then I'll hand it over to Hari Kiranji to... Uh, close this. I hope I've not missed anything else. <clears throat> Sahishnu uh, Bhattacharya, could you raise your hand so that uh, Srinivasji can enable your microphone? Uh, can, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, I'll just keep it very short. Uh, my namaskar to all the eminent scholars here. There are these uh, three issues I want to uh, point out that uh, in your objective, uh, there was a need for decolonized translations. And in my work as part of hermeneutics and of the Western episteme in general, I have found three important problems that need to be kept in mind. Number one is the problem of translation. The very notion of a translation is itself a Western idea. So there is always, you have find uh, the tendency to separate one text and then the bhashi is separated away as if it is a dilution, as if it is the ideology of the bhashika who has uh, imposed their own meanings. So these sort of things need to be uh, kept in mind. So uh, I believe uh, Professor Kuradaji uh, has uh, elsewhere spoke of this, that the shastras need to be seen holistically, that without that context that text can't ever be understood. So that's one important point. Uh, the second is uh, the problem. Is there a disturbance in your background? Sorry? Is there a disturbance in your background? Uh, there is some disturbance that is coming. Uh, yes, dear, there was a procession going by. I'm so sorry. Uh, should I say it again? No, uh, it was audible. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there was a disturbance, yeah. Uh, 
it's it's just that the the when we when we do the translations we should take into uh, the idea that it should not necessarily be one to one one text to one but also taking into context the pravaha of the shastras the uh, immensity of the bhashyas and the tikas that have accumulated the received tradition should be given more importance that only selecting one strand of a text and saying this is the primary and everyone just added their own opinions the second is that of the problem of curation sometimes uh, this problem was uh, raised and talked about here is that what defines classical the most of the western thought has seen classical as a chronological idea something debounded by time but as again as uh, professor koradaji said that we are often uh, neglecting the yoga pratyaksha the very idea that uh, something may be authored as Okay, we seem, to, we seem uh, to have lost you, uh, Sahishnam. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll request you to, uh, yeah, keep it brief. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's just that the idea that classical need not be a chronological term in in uh, from the Indica classical library's perspective, but that the wisdom that has flowed throughout the millennia here. can be something that as goes as far as back as the rigveda as well as something that goes back only up to 200 years it's the wisdom that is classical and not the text itself that's the logocentricity of the west and the third problem is that of discontinuity that whenever uh, we talk about the western idea of critical translations we talk about removing uh, illogical ideas but critical also sometimes covertly implies Uh, the deliberate imposition of a difference where there isn't a difference sometimes forced discontinuities so uh, sometimes you see that uh, scholars placing divisions like this is hindu and this is buddhist but when it goes into the deep depths of the sadhana you see that they're all merging into the same ocean and we see that there is continuity but that it becomes a problem of methodology so these are the some of the points i just wanted to highlight and and i think that this is a great uh enterprise that you have started and this is a momentous point in indian history uh, thank you very much for uh, this opportunity right uh thanks ahishnu uh, i'll just have a very very brief within 30 seconds response to the three points i think vinayak addressed the fact that how uh, they would not be looking only at the text but also looking at the bhashyas and yeah. therefore uh, approach it as holistically as we can in certain cases that might be possible in certain cases that one on one might be hard to exit but i think vinayak has already indicated how we will think about it when we think about classical certainly it is not indica classical library's position to think only chronologically mm-hmm. the point that we belabored was that we will not have chronological limits but at the same time if you look at other definitions of classical typical dictionary definitions there is a there is a quality dimension to it there's a time dimension to it there's a space dimension to it so we will certainly uh, be open to all of these three and um, uh, as regards your third point that is also factored in and we will make sure but these are these are good points to think about uh, certainly so i appreciate you uh, foregrounding uh, all of these so thank you for the engagement it's good to hear people come so prepared with these points uh, to this discussion so that i think also shows the interest this initiative is uh, generating and we hope to have more people like these Uh, so with that, I'll hand it over now to Hari Kiranjit for uh, his final closing views. Uh, unless I've missed something else. Yeah. Now you carry on. You can conclude. 
Okay. Okay. So, uh, is there anything else? If if there's anything else, one that any of our uh, panelists, particularly uh, any of our advisory board members, want to add, uh, we could take that. Otherwise, uh, given the in, in the interest of time, I'd like to once again thank everyone who has taken time out today um, to be here. Some who signed up but could not make it over here, but showed your intention through signing up. Uh, we need the active support of each one of you over here for this to find enough momentum uh, so that when we visit next year, uh, this same project, maybe on the same date, we would have something substantial to show in terms of the output. So we will need all your good wishes and blessings. Kurada Subramaniam ji has his hand up. So I'll request Kurada ji's uh, views. Uh, just only one thing, see, throughout in this classical listing, Vedas should are not dated. Vedas are Nikya. They have been there. And people are saying that 3000 BC is something to this thing. It is clearly stated in Brahmanika Upanishad. So if anybody comes okay, with such kind of proposal that Rigveda belongs to such and such day, Veda Kala, they say, Rigveda Kala, he has become a very bad habit. I could not uh, tell time and again to people, so I kept mum. So please see that Vedas are Nikya. It is our tradition. It is there in Vedas itself. We have a lot of proof. Okay, thank you. Absolutely, Professor. Uh, we will be very careful in adding any particular year and we will make sure that it is qualified if we do so. So that uh, it, it is, uh, so that's an area of pet area of interest for me as well. So we will make sure that at least the sufficient disclaimers are presented over there. Uh, on that note, uh, I think we will uh, end this session of blessings from uh, our advisory board members, some interesting points from some of the participants, and of course, the vision uh, and the goals which Hari Kiranji uh, emphasized and Nagarajji kind of added to it and expanded in terms of some of the detail. So on that note, thank you again. And uh, I look forward to an active, involved participation. Please write to us. Uh, our email addresses are there on the website. We'll make uh, go visit our website. Please keep a track of uh, what's coming out and uh, keep your ideas flowing in. Thank you. Uh, Jai Hind. Yeah.